Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! my call sign last night man you know you're with eric helberg on the comfortable and chaos podcast coming to you live from a direct action stakeout in hidalgo texas of all places everyone knows that is just south of mccallan literally right on the border and i left you guys saying i was going to have to come make good on this lady who's had me chasing my tail. We've actually accomplished that to a certain degree this morning, and we'll see how much emphasis it brings to bear, but I'm not done. Yeah, that call sign last night was, man, I was hungry. And as you get further up to the expressway, heading due north out of Hidalgo, they have a great taco place called El Pato. So I like beef, bean, and cheese on these tortillas with all this grease. Had them put in some avocado. But I needed to get back on scene and get set up so I could be a little vigilant and watch some more because she's changed her methodology, therefore I had to as well. But, so where did I park? simply so I could let down my guard a little bit and enjoy my tacos. Well, I found where a bunch of homeless people were at the corner of this abandoned storefront. So I backed my Suburban in there, got out and talked to a couple of guys. One was a little bit more vociferous, so he could be the camp leader. Hell, I don't know. But one, I knew he needed it. Two, I needed a respite, so I gave him a 50 spot. said, dude, let me just enjoy eating these patos. You walk across the street, get you some, some for these guys too if you want. But since I needed to break the monotony and I wanted to encourage him a little bit, I sat with my windows down and I said, look, if anyone other than you guys comes walking up, because I already had my line of sight established for them, but it was really, really dark out there and needed a little bit of light to, you know, kind of dress up my tacos, a little salt, a little hot sauce. And that makes it prohibitively difficult to look out through the dark. So I said, oh, here's our code, dude. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, did I expect him to sing Tarzan Boy or whatever that whole dance club song was back in the day? No, but I know if he gave me a little bit of a yell. I would know to pay attention. I'll tell you another thing. While I was sitting there eating my patos, unmarked cop car comes, ooh, pulls in, comes in stealthily. It's an abandoned lot. Pulls in out of, or I should say, he pulls in under where the parking lot lights are no longer working because this is an abandoned, like, supermarket bodega kind of thing. And he's sitting. 
Now, if he's a whatever he is, detective, vice guy, whatnot, he knows these guys are down there, but he's wholly unconcerned, right? So I'm eating my tacos. He's parked. I assume it's a he. And then a Jeep Cherokee comes into the parking lot. Has same means of ingress as this guy took. Pulls up window to window. But let me back up a sec. Before he pulled in window to window, he actually was a little more cognizant of his surroundings. And before he pulled up to it, he made a straight line to the corner of that house, illuminated me with his lights, although I have no lights on in my Suburban. And at that, he pulled up to that window, and I could just tell them in the distance that they had a discussion, and the hands and arms did no longer reach between one another. What would have really happened? And then he sped off. And then the undercover cop sped off. If they were really concerned about who I was, since they now knew a vehicle sitting over there with the homeless people, obviously they're unconcerned with them, and they were unconcerned with me. So were they taking care of legitimate business? That's a uh, simple question. Does illegitimate business go on down at the border all the time? You bet it does. How would I know that? Well, I have an old buddy, and we'll just say a mountainous state. And I told you I was going to tell you a story about Carlsbad, New Mexico. So I guess I already, I already showed my hand, didn't I? All right, from New Mexico. He used to be a vice detective down here, actually, in McAllen. And at some point, he uh, saw an opportunity. And before long, he was recruited as indirect muscle and then actually became a, um, a straight-up funds courier for a cartel. The amazing thing is, just like famous people here, they like bright and shiny objects. It kind of establishes their street cred, gives them some prominence, lets people look at them. Well, drug dudes like that too. And what they typically will do, at least out of this area, and since we're talking about New Mexico, people probably don't realize how dirty horse racing can be and who purchases these horses. And I'm talking horses from all over the world. Who purchases the teams? Who purchases the jockeys? Hold on, guys. Hold on. All right, dude. Sorry about that. I had to move. I'm kind of like uh, embedded with this, uh, this lawn maintenance crew. And that's one thing I did on this trip. I dressed entirely different. They had made me the last time I was down here uh, sitting on this location. So I changed vehicles, changed dress. I bet if I got one of these weed eaters and walked over to this loading facility, they, they probably wouldn't even think twice. I will tell you this. They dropped a, uh, a female Mexican spotter on me earlier from another company. She just sat in her bobtail tractor. But, man, she was giving me the look of death. So 
in order to reestablish my place, it's very, very hard to hide in plain sight, but it's something I've always done. Send me a comment if you've ever had to make a living hiding in plain sight. I've relished it. Uh, definitely keeps the uh, creative juices going. So how did I substantiate myself? I walked over to the other loading dock, got to talking to a forklift driver, put my arm on, actually kind of tapped him on the shoulder, could see her out of my peripheral vision watching. Uh, that kind of set me back up to where I was legitimate again. Then I went back to my truck, leaned on a little bit, acted like I was having a great phone conversation, and then moved on. So going back the horse races in fact the best damn quarter horse race in america right rio doso downs rio doso new mexico buddy that is a hotbed hot seat for all activities deemed cartel and what this friend of mine ended up doing was working as an intermediary between those factions that were already there and those factions coming out of mexico we won't get into mechanisms and all that transpired. In fact, I never even knew them. I just knew the guy was different because when we bought a cabin at this close to this tiny village in New Mexico, he'd always be with some of the village chieftains, and it's actually called a village still, not a city. Having coffee, had a long ponytail. I couldn't tell if he was Native American or Mexican. And he actually wore um, knee-length moccasins knee-length moccasin so obviously he stood out but I got to know this dude and he always was intrigued with my stories and you know I knew there was something more to this cat so I'd give him a lot of information and um, he'd kind of admire the prowess that was involved and he'd give me little subtleties about where he'd been in or what he had been in but he never spoke too much the crazy thing is it wasn't long, a couple of years thereafter, when we were really, when we'd go up and visit and have coffee, DEA sent a tactical team to the cabin where he lived. And, you know, it's a good thing he probably wasn't there. You would have had, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think that would have went well for anyone. And he probably wouldn't have made it. And Lord willing, no harm would have come to, uh, the government agents too but the crazy thing is is as he advanced within that enterprise how many of those guys did he actually have to pay how many of those guys actually jumped ship how many of those guys remained playing both sides and took the profit in the middle so they came and loaded for bear all that being said they didn't find him they actually stopped him with his daughter, I believe, on a routine traffic stop. He happened to be in South Carolina. This was about a month later. And what transpired thereafter was him going to one federal facility after another. He would never cooperate. Um, man has some balls. So they moved him religiously and kept him in solitary for the preponderance of eight years at five different installations around the country. Well, once he finally got out and went back to that little mountain village in New Mexico and we had a chance to see each other again, 
there's a legal term for it, and those of you with all those good prosecutorial minds will know it. it has something to do with the statute of limitations, double jeopardy. I mean, the government had exhausted um, its case. He had done his time, and now he was a free man. But now he really started talking with me. Took me in confidence, but what all he was involved with, and I've seen different aspects of it doing out doing this for 20 something years it's really mind-boggling so let's get into where i left you guys off i get sent and if i get distracted during this message i mean i'm i'm sitting here on a stakeout right so i'm speaking into my phone prepping this for you guys but i can still look and where i'm parked i have a great vantage point i'm safe i got my lawn guys around me um I was sent to Carlsbad, New Mexico at that time, hotbed of, you know, when the, when the big shell proliferation, oil and, and gas in the, in the various shell plays around the country, we repossessed so many pieces of equipment in South Texas. Of course, that's the Eagle Ford shell, the Permian Basin, even up into the Marcellus, Ohio and Pennsylvania, up in the Balkan up in the Dakotas. It was wild, man, and the people working up there are wild. But what I will tell you is a large degree of the people working in the Permian and the people working in South Texas, they needed to be extremely liquid in order to get the contract of the big vendors, i.e. your Halliburtons, i.e. your Schlumbergers, i.e. your Baker Hughes. So they needed a certain type of equipment, meaning late model equipment in a certain amount. No one has that cash. It has to come from somewhere. So, buddy, the cartels feasted because anytime you have an illegal operation of largesse, you need an equally equally yoked, legitimate business in order to move that money. And trucking is the perfect instrument for that very liquid business. So the company involved was General Electric. Man, due to 30 pieces of equipment, they were all bought brand new. But no one could ever find the equipment. As I kind of morphed down the road, they would only pay what I charged if they deemed the equipment cost-effective to still pursue, and they had exhausted all other remedies. And so in this case, they did. And Guy had put a sizable down payment down, so that gave us a little seed money to start, but then he disappeared. And that was just to give him an initial credence legitimacy and in order for them to do the deal. But it was a solely cartel-funded deal. And in trying to find where this equipment was, if you're out in the oil patch, I mean, you're taking directions like, okay, you may have this one county road, after that, you disappear basically into the desert. It's okay. There's two really big rocks and a sagebrush uh, that blows by from time to time. You take a right there. You go down about another seven miles. Uh, you take a left. You will see a drill rig over there. Keep going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had no idea where this equipment was. So I had to start building up my personnel network. Long story short, I ended up with his brother, who was none too pleased to see me, 
And we get to talking. He thinks I'm totally uneffectual when it comes to his brother, and I could tell they could care less about the equipment, which also lets me know it was simply a front. But he says, well, he's gone. I mean, like, is he dead gone? Or because the deal was already smelling to me. He's like, no, he's just not here. I'm like, well, I figured that. I found his house really nice. Um, found some people that used to be associated with him on the periphery, a couple of old drivers. He's like, he had, to, he had to cruise, dude. I'm like, all right, look, where's the effing equipment? Could care less about your brother. I hope he's safe. He's like, look, he was in the game, joined up with our good old Federal Bureau of Investigation, Drug Enforcement Agency, which, what does that mean? He's a small-time player. He may not been small in the amount of funds and or in the amount of product, but they needed him and or were using him. But he directed me to a yard that was south of their airport, out in the middle of nowhere. So like an eager beaver, I, uh, I take off and I get there. I get there. All the equipment is broke down in various degrees of disrepair. Um, I've got tanks that um, are all separated from the tractors that I need. And I'm like, this is a colossal screw up. But I've got good guys out of Hobbs who can come in and help me with this. And we'll get everything loaded, attached, do what we need to do and, and get it out of there. Hell, I even needed to get some tire people out there because even that had been... Uh, tore to pieces so as I'm surveying this and what all it's going to take and doing the calculations in my mind money wise because that all comes out of my pocket I then bill my client I have to justify it all well dude um, it's just me out here on about this uh, three acres of open yard many miles between that and um, the closest road and this Ford F-250 pulls up, totally blacked out, totally blacked out windows. I'm talking darker than the damn beast on the presidential limousine. But as they get closer, the rear two windows come down, and so do two muzzles come out. And I'm like, well, you've heard me say it because I've been there many times before. I'm dead to rights. There's no place for me to go. I've got four dudes with guns. So they pull up to me. They're like, what the f are you doing here? I'm like, oh, man, I'm looking for so-and-so. Dude's gone. They're like, you know where he is? i like, nope. I have no idea. Really, I don't give a... F I'm, I'm here for all this stuff. I mean, this dude didn't pay us a lick on this stuff. I can only imagine what he did to badasses like you. Saw their heads twitch when I made that statement. Knew it worked. And um, so I heard some things in Spanish. They're getting the you-know-what out of there. So they basically pull forward, whip out in a cloud of dust right as I'm saying, hey, man, if I come across him, <coughs> dust cloud back in my mouth, nostrils. <sighs> They're already driving back off, the henchmen. And I was gonna, going to tell them in a lighthearted manner, if I come across him, I'll let you know, but how was I going to get back in touch with these guys? So not saying they came to do harm to me. They very well could have. They really wanted to do harm to this guy. And at this juncture, my guess is, is that they came to neutralize the dude. 
So that's what that's what goes on around those parts in New Mexico. But it all originates from this place on the border. And our whole border is just like it. I've worked everywhere from Calexico to all these towns here, El Paso. Um, it is a wild, wild game. I'll tell you another interesting thing. I got reacquainted with this old hotel I used to stay at. And I like it because it's kind of off on its own. It's quiet. And you don't want to be in some total dirtbag hotel out here. I don't spend a lot of money on my hotels. I, uh, I take a monastic view of this stuff. You're down to work. Stay focused. And, uh, yeah, you could get on hot wire sometimes and end up in a four-star at a reduced price. But it takes you away from uh, the mindset and it takes you away from the game. But... This hotel serves as a good bastion for me just simply because it's real close to uh, the International Bridge in Hidalgo and Reynosa, Mexico. And it puts you right on the outskirts of the runways at the airport in McAllen. The crazy thing is there's been so many... I mean, early this morning I went to the park just to kind of stretch out, limber up a little bit. Private jets coming in and out of there. And this is a community whereby most people are engaged in subsistence living. That's your populace as a whole. But private jets coming in and out of the McAllen International Airport. Let's take it another step further. Go approximately two miles from that airport before you hit the expressway. And UBS, in fact, there's other banks there. Um, you have IBC, International Bank of Commerce, right next to UBS. That whole block is nothing but banks, kind of like when you get to the Cayman Islands, nothing but financial institutions. But the IRS dug deep into those guys, and they kind of uncovered some of those banking secrecy laws. But here, no way, bro. It's still kicking. United Bank of Switzerland has a huge branch right off the Mexican border and right next to the McAllen International Airport. I guess so those dudes can come on and off, and if it's direct funds, plop that into IBC. If it's paper stuff, electronic stuff, let the boys out of Switzerland direct it, and there's no one better in the industry at establishing offshore accounts, both for our government and, sorry about that, these doggone guys are blowing their leaves next to me. I told them to let me have some peace. Anyways, or whether you're domestic or just simply coming over, they can help you set up things that are so far untraceable, they're masters at it. So why would all these pieces come together down here? Well, it's for all the reasons that I just described in the podcast. Now let's go back to my subject at hand, and that would be this lady who had me chasing my tail. You know, she changed tactics, therefore so did I. What has happened is I saw her bring one of her trailers in late last night, but I needed a bigger fish than that. So stakeout had to go on. Then ultimately I saw them load the trailer, close it up, ban the load, and they made a fatal mistake. They parked it on the right-hand periphery of the loading dock, which took us out of their line of sight. And that all happened this morning. And once that happened, They didn't know I had one of my boys in his tractors right down the road hiding behind Pepsi. So we came in, snatched that up, 
That one's destined for Corning Optics back over in Reynosa, Mexico. So we'll see if she adjusts from here at this one particular location. But that it right there is going to be money in the bank. And guess what? Now we have our attention again. Men, do I have yours? Until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you boin voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast.